Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. I was done doing it my way. I feel like when I'm doing it my way, then I'm getting my results. And at that moment, I was done doing it my way. And I was like, whatever you tell me to do, whatever you put in front of me, I will follow that. Fall in love with yourself first. I think everybody needs to just kind of let go of the reins. It's like being on a roller coaster. You have to be the hero of your own life. Frankie Dahl Olinger is a modern-day spiritual warrior. Since youth, Frankie was no stranger to tragedy. Abused as a child, watching a boyfriend shoot himself in front of her after breaking up with him, addiction and low self-esteem were all working against her. She had a choice to make. Will she be a victim of others' actions? Or will she choose to find the beauty in tragedy? Fast forward in time, Frankie brings her story along with her 5 V's process to the public through her book, The 5 V's, a guide to empowerment and happiness, written with love by a modern-day spiritual warrior. She masterfully explains a new path to recognizing and navigating the victim-villain cycle, identifying your inner dialogue and beliefs, and whether these are currently serving you or sabotaging you. Frankie has always been a dreamer, and her dream is to heal the planet of the disease called suffering and introduce people to the freedom and joy that is available to all who seek it. She has embraced her role as a coach, mentor, spiritual teacher, writer, speaker, and all-around professional adventurer, and she feels very blessed to be able to teach others to do the same. Frankie Olinger's journey in the purpose is just so incredible. The way that she's able to transform from such a rock-bottom place of life, being just abused and lost and just having no faith in God, to having you know, a boyfriend commit suicide right in front of her eyes. Dude, the person that I just met today was just an incredible, incredible feeling to be able to see how possible it is to just be honest and vulnerable about your brokenness and about what you haven't forgiven and to just transform yourself through those little breadcrumbs that actually contribute to your purpose. The way that she's able to outline, you know, where she's at now, where she's headed, what she does to find truth and how she helps people to find their own truth, specifically this exercise on generational healing that she brings us through in the episode. It's incredible, incredible stuff. I think that she has life-changing advice on wisdom and on purpose and on passion, and she's just a person that I know that if you tapped into her, her story and her guidance and her mentorship, you're going to be in a completely different place. So I'm really happy and honored to have had Frankie on the podcast. And I just really encourage people to really dig into this episode and to reach out to her because she's going to change your life. Enjoy today's episode, today's person of purpose, Frankie Olinger. Hello, Frankie Olinger. It's great to see you today. Wonderful to have you on People of Purpose podcast. Thank you, Tanner. <laughs> It's really good to be here. So I'm really happy to get connected to you through um, both of our friends, uh, Donna Spear, who was a previous guest on People Hi, of Donna. Purpose. <laughs> mm-hmm. Donna has been a wonderful guest in many ways, not only her story and her interview, and I've had several people reach out to me that she helped them, but also she's helped set me mm-hmm. up with future guests like yourself. 
Um, so I was just such an all-star guest. Thank you to Donna. <laughs> Um, Thank you, Donna. Yeah. She really is all-star everything. So She's super impressive. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm really happy to, <laughs> like, I really enjoy getting to research you. Um, it seems that you're doing a lot of really good work at helping people to feel empowered, helping people to feel happy, helping mm-hmm. people to, like, really look inside for their truth and create this authentic life that's full of, like, zest and adventure and wonder and so much of this resonates with me being like a you know 20 something that's living in Thailand and I originally came for those purposes and I'm still much in that headspace four and a half years later and I'm just really excited to go mm-hmm. deep with you on on how we both share this you know desire to help lift other people into their truth and into their authenticity yeah let's do it <laughs> so you have quite a story um I don't necessarily know how to set you up for it but in the notes you sent me, you told me that there was a, a day in your front yard when you fell on your knees, you yelled to the sky. Mm-hmm. I think you said, I don't love me. I don't even like me. But everyone keeps telling me that you do. So if you do, you have to help me. Mm-hmm. This is a profound yeah. like, tr- turning point in life. I could, I could imagine like a movie scene where someone is just totally lost in the club, <laughs> searching for the help here. Bring us to, like, to it where really... yeah. How did that day inform your sense of purpose? Well, I'm going to tell you, it completely changed my whole life because that was the day that I completely surrendered to whatever this power greater than me was. I'd had such a rough life and I felt all the time like I was consistently just trying to survive. Like I wasn't, I wasn't thriving in any way. I was only surviving. Not only was I surviving, I was hearing about all this stuff like law of attraction and you create your own reality and and I was drinking and I was destroying my life. And this was the day after I had, I hate to say this, but it's the truth. I had come to such a bottom that I punched my boss and I got fired from my job as a cocktail waitress, which is a great job for an alcoholic to have, let me tell you, (laughs) and got kicked off the property. And I went home and I have these kids that are there and they need me as a mom to pay their bills. And I have this man that I'm in this relationship with and we didn't really love each other. We just had these kids and I'm drinking and my life is crazy. And I literally could not, I just could not function one day more like that. And I, you know, was talking to this lady and she's just the sweetest lady. She was my ex-boyfriend's mom, a powerful human being and just a wonderful, lovely, just empowering and supportive person. And she's telling me, well, God loves you. God loves everybody, you know, and this is not what God wants for you. And I'm going, well, then why is this what I keep getting? And I just lost my mind and walked out into my front yard. I had a quarrel with a neighbor minutes before that. And I walked out of my front yard and I just, I literally dropped to my knees and I screamed at the sky because I felt like that was the only way that this God or power greater than myself or whatever was going to hear me as if I screamed as loud as I could, maybe I could get his attention. And I did literally the next day, my life completely changed. And I've been on an, an empowerment journey ever since then. And, you know, I have to say, I was on a journey towards empowerment before that. And that was all part of the process to get me there. But from that day forward, I really felt like things just started to align because I was done doing it my way. 
I feel like when I'm doing it my way, then I'm getting my results. And at that moment, I was done doing it my way. And I was like, whatever you tell me to do, whatever you put in front of me, I will follow that. And that's what happened. I followed it and things changed and very quickly. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I love that you that you speak of that, like this profound clarity you start to feel. It's like there is a greater power than than myself and there is a reason I'm alive. And I don't know it right now. It mm-hmm. takes so much humility and vulnerability to be in that kind of spot. Oh, it does. And people think like it's so weak to be vulnerable and it's just not. It's like it's the strongest you could be because it's the closest to the truth, you know? Yeah. I had something similar. I wasn't like coming in from it from that perspective as much, but I was 19 and I had <laughs> oh, like fallen down a mountain at Yosemite National Park and was like totally wrecked. Like felt like I almost died. Like a, it was my choice to come back and like live. And as I was sitting there all night waiting for like the search and rescue and then I was in the stretcher and then I got helicopter out in the morning. Oh, wow. This was like a big moment of clarity for me that there is a God and that this God does love me and has a purpose for me. And it's up to me to like stop doing my own thing and to tune into what that is and look inside what those Mm -hmm. gifts are that I've been given by my creator. Um, Ever since then, it's just been so much more clear. Good for you. I can't even imagine that. That must've been terrifying. Oh yeah. You know, all, were you there all night long? Yeah. Yeah. I fell at like 6 PM or so. And then took about three hours. My dad had to go down to the bottom and find search and rescue. Three hours later, they came. They determined it was nighttime. I was way too high up. Boulders are too big. So I spent the night in a stretcher. They brought more rounds of crews. My brother was stranded in the um, in the mountain like until like, three in the morning. Um, and it was a pretty big family bonding moment for sure. <laughs> I bet. I bet. You learn how grateful you are for your family members when you feel like, oh, you may not have ever seen them again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Grateful I am for everything. And then also to see the ways in which I quarreled with people too much or I didn't forgive them enough or I held grudges or I had like held my tongue too much when I really needed to speak truth and life into somebody. Yeah, I think it's a big reason I'm doing the People of Purpose today is because I want to wake people up to this idea that there is a greater purpose for their life. And they have these innate gifts and talents that they've been given to not squander, but to like breathe life into people and and create coalitions of people and movements that are doing like really amazing things in the world. Um, And Mm -hmm. I know that it's people like you and people like Donna and and other past guests that are moving this stuff forward. And it's really awesome to have a platform to like elevate your voices. Yeah. I'm really stoked you're doing this too, because you can tell, I was telling you beforehand, you can tell you really, your passion is truly in this. You really, truly want to find people of purpose, not just to have a podcast, but to actually move this forward. And that's great. Yeah, it's really cool. And and like you're talking about law of attraction. It's like the more effort I put into understanding my own sense of purpose and how I can continue to say yes to it, even if it doesn't fully make sense right here and now. Um, wonderful new opportunities that I would never predicted are coming into my life. Um, and now I get to meet people <laughs> like you. And, and now we're developing our first products and services. And I have like a partnership for me. We're creating a mastermind of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, like developing oh, your own projects good. of purpose. And it's like really amazing to like get to be, you know, sharing these kind of high-level thoughts with people that are at the same, way, same wavelength as me around purpose. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So you didn't always live life on purpose, obviously. Like you were yelling at the sky for a reason. Like what was going on <laughs> in your life before that? That um, looking back, were like kind of those breadcrumbs that helped you find your path to purpose. Uh, I think the breadcrumbs they started when I was, you know, two years old, and I was being abused. And you would say, "Well, how is that even helping with your purpose?" I learned how it was to feel completely alone and mm. unimportant and unsafe. And I needed to feel that. I know that as an adult now, but when I was a little kid, all the way to from two to 12, I was abused by a very close, trusted family friend. And it was not something that would ever stop. I, I Not only was I abused in a sexual way, I was abused in a physical way. And of course, mentally, you know, and being a little kid, learning about God, learning about, you know, how loved you're supposed, you're supposed to be not feeling that and wondering what was wrong with me was part of those breadcrumbs. I remember feeling like at six years old, I remember saying a prayer, you know, and I would do that. Now I lay me down to sleep prayer, you know, and at mm-hmm. the very end, if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord, my sword, my soul to take. And I would roll over. And I would pray to God, please, God, if you hate me so much, please just kill me. Please kill me. And that was six year old. I wanted to die at six years old. Jeez. I was depressed at six years old. And at 12 years old, I came across that moment where I just couldn't, I couldn't take it anymore. And I decided to tell on him, knowing that if I told on him, it was probably going to be bad because I had been threatened. You know, any abuser tells a little child, don't tell on me or these things will happen. I just didn't care. I didn't care if I was going to die. I just, I told on him and instead of him going to jail, I got sent to live with another family. And, um, and then I really felt like I wasn't important. I really felt like that I was just worthless. And, you know, being a child looking at my mother, I thought she just didn't care about me. I thought she just didn't care at all. Being an adult and having reconciled and had these discussions, those hard discussions with my mom, I realized she loved me so much and realized she couldn't get out of this situation. And she knew the only way to keep me safe was to send me away. But that's not how I took it, you know, and we feel when we when we feel our self-worth, we're going to act out on how how we feel we're worthy. And we get our message of self-worth from other people when we're children. Right. They treat us good. It's because we're worth being treated good. If they treat us bad. It's because there's something about us we think that is causing it. You mm-hmm. know, kids get their parents get divorced. They think it's their fault. Kids get abused. They think it's their fault. And so when I went to live in this new place with this new school, I made a decision that I was going to be, they called me Franny when I was growing up because it's short for Francis. And uh, I was like, no, I, I thought I'm going to be called Frankie because Frank is short for Francis. And I think it's good. And it sounds like a tough girl name and people will, will maybe respect me a little more. And so that's what I did. I changed my name to Frankie in my new town. Everybody caught on. It's been that ever since. And, uh, and things didn't change because I was still there. Like no matter where I went, I still was acting with the mindset of I'm not really worthy. I'm kind of worthless human being. Nobody cares about me. And when people interact with people who feel that way about them, they tend to follow suit. And so that's what they did. Mm -hmm. I got treated poorly there too. First boyfriend, not a great boyfriend. Second boyfriend, not a great boyfriend, you know, all the way to third boyfriend. I was 18 years old. He had beat me for, for a couple of years and done many unspeakable things to me. 
and I put up with it and I stayed because I loved him and, and I couldn't get any better anyway. And, and I deserved it, you know, and he walked into my bedroom that night, told me he loved me, said, I hope you're happy, Frankie here, watch this. And he pulled a gun out, smiled at me, looked me in the eyes and he shot himself in the head. And that was like, after all of these things leading up to that, that was the nail in the coffin that let me know God does not care about me. I am completely alone. This is what my life is. And this is the way my life is going to be. And from that moment on, I was in pure survival mode. I was afraid of everybody. I would get into relationships and and it would, you know, of course I didn't pick an, a good relationship the next time I got in with a guy who beat me again, because that's what I chose. And, um, and I couldn't break up with them. I was too afraid. At the end of my relationship, I, I had to get a restraining order because I was just, I was too afraid. You know, I did not know what to do with my life and I did not know how to function as a human. And the only thing that brought me any kind of relief was drinking. If I'm being honest, as much as I hate to say that it was as much a gift to me as it was um, a hindrance to my life mm -hmm. because I could sleep. I had severe PTSD from the violence, severe PTSD from the guy shooting himself in front of me. And that's how I survived. I had children, which I probably, I'm really glad that I did. I mean, all my kids are fantastic. I had three great children and I had them for the wrong reasons because I wanted somebody to love me. I wanted somebody that, that wouldn't turn on me, you know, mm. yeah, because your children are not supposed to ever turn on you, you know? And in my mind, the way that I was thinking, it was all survival. That was the best that I could do at the time. Oh, how did you start to turn this around? Like, it seems as if things were just doomed to, to always be off or be wrong or bad or something. Like, how did you go about accepting God back into your life? How did you go about seeing that there's a pathway to success and abundance? Like right now you got, you know, you have a nice, nice working office right there. Like that office is as big as some people's like studio apartment. Um, like yeah. <laughs> you could have gone a very different direction. How did, how did you start to turn things around? Well, um, I got sober. That was the day after I fell on my knees in my front yard. I got sober and I just surrendered. You know, I really surrendered and I made a decision. You know, I had to come to this place inside of me that it was a logical choice to talk to God and to throw that at God it, because inside my heart, I didn't feel like I was, I mattered, but in my mind, logically, if God or the universe or source, if, if whatever this higher power is loves every single person and I happen to be a human then by default, this is supposed to include me too. And that's how I did it. It had to be a logical decision where I had to feel like by some way I was important enough for God to love. And me being a human qualified me. And that was just a little tiny mustard seed that began to create what I have today, which is a very, very strong faith and love. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not religious, but I have deep spirituality. Right. How did like the, I mean, it sounds like you grew up kind of in a Christian environment or so. I did. How does the story, <laughs> Very of, Christian. how does the story of Jesus and like the redemption and forgiveness that comes with that, like how did that play a role in your transformation, letting go of like all the, you know, you're feeling that you're not worthy enough. 
Well, and that's the thing that that was what really made most of the fight was that there itself. If this man had supposedly died on this cross for me and my sins and to save me and redeem me, then why on earth did I not feel any of this love, you Mm -hmm. know? And so that was really what fought against itself is because one of these has to win. Which one wins? Well, I'm consistently feeling this pain and this terribleness and consistently being told that God loves me and, and Jesus died for my sins. Where am I? I had to find a way to reconcile it. And it was by simply just going, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I am grateful that that happened. Do I believe it? Yes, I do. And do I need for it to be something that I tell everybody that I believe? No, I don't. But I need to see if I put complete, this is so hard because I'm, I'm not practicing Christian faith. So I'm trying to be respectful of both sides. Here's my, my truth. If I can be honest, I do know that there's something greater out there than me. I don't know what the name is and any name that I've been taught, I've learned from another human being who's learned from another human being. I know that what I feel when I connect to source and I connect to God is real. I see the power in my life. I see it happening all around me. There's no doubt, but I don't know how to define it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like for me to say, I'm going to define it as God, as Jesus, as Buddha, as Jehovah, as whoever they want to call it. I can't do that and feel that I'm telling the truth. The truth is I know there's something there and I'm not sure that it really matters what I call it because just like my name's Frankie, you can get my name wrong and call me Freddie. You know, it doesn't change who I am. I'm not going to change who I am and how I treat you just because you're unsure of what my name is or what to call me or what way to get to my house. Mm. I believe that anybody who finds my house and wants to have a discussion with me, no matter what they call me or what road they take, I'm here to help and I'm here to love. And I feel like God's kind of the same way. I hope that that explains it. That's really, truly the way I feel. That's really honest. Yeah, I I really respect that you're sharing what the truth is you have now and how you don't have all the answers as well. And you're still vulnerable and open and and searching for these things, too. Um, Yeah, you've made quite the transformation to to be able to, to say this kind of thing. It's really beautiful to hear that, you know, anyone can kind of come back into alignment with God. Um, with a powerful enough faith and, and so forth. Um, so one thing that, that stood out to me was you called this this the story of me. Um, and then you, you recognize this victim-villain dynamic that was happening. This, mm-hmm. And then you, you refer to your vested truth and then the things in between. Um, can you tell me more about like how diving into the story of me helped propel you into your sense of purpose? Oh, yeah. I think that everybody should dive into the story of me. That's your story of me, my story of me, Mm -hmm. because we we as children are taught to think these uh, different ideologies and and believe in these certain things. And this is the truth. And these are good people and these are bad people. And we adopt all of these beliefs, knowing that mom and dad said this is right and wrong. Clergy says this is right and wrong. Society says this is right and wrong. We get so far away from the story of me because we have adopted the story of the dream of the planet or the city or the or the street that we live in or the family that we're in. We really have to get down to my friend Don Jose Ruiz wrote a book and it's called The Fifth Agreement. And in The Fifth Agreement, he talks about how we should question everything. You know, we should 
we should look at everything that we believe and everything that we were taught and ask ourselves, is this truly what I believe? And if so, why, you know, and that's the story of me. Who is Frankie? Who am I really deep down? What's my beauty? What's my ugliness? And what's the true truth? Who am I as a vested person? And in my book, when I talk about being vested, vested is my truths. So I, uh, not anyone else's truths, my truths. Somebody can say, this is who Frankie is, but that's their version of me. And I can either take that on and adopt it as my truth, or I can not, you know, but either way, I have my true truth. My true truth, I just told you a minute ago, part of it. Another true truth. I know that I am you know, sometimes, you know, I have a, a habit of, um, of, you know, judging things around before I di- dive into them. Uh, sometimes I am, I'm ignorant, you know, and I'll pretend like I know something and I'm working on that. I'm working on being more vested instead of invested in the fact of that I'm this or I'm that. Uh, sometimes people are, um, they say they're forgiving. Right. And, and I will tell you that I'm a very forgiving person person. However, I'm vested in the fact that I am a forgiving person. And I know that there might be some things that might come that I might not be forgiving, but a lot of, a lot of people are invested in being forgiving. They're like, yes, I'm a very forgiving person. Then you bring forward somebody that's very hard for them to forgive. And now they need to go. Am I really vested in the fact that I'm a forgiving person or am I just invested in the idea that I'm a forgiving person? So the vested stuff is the stuff that is immutable or or unshakable, right? You cannot, I'm a five foot tall woman. You can't shake my view of that. No matter what you say to me or try to sell me about me, you can't shake that. That is a vested truth. I'm a loving person. That is a vested truth. And so getting down into the story of me is I look at the good, the bad, the indifferent. Mm -hmm. And it really helps when you look at the victim villain stuff, because um, I think everybody at some point is victimized in their life. And when you get into the victim villain stuff, you get to find out where do I feel like I've been wronged? What are some things that I could believe different than I do believe now? And I'm trying not to like dive right into the victim villain, because I think you're going to ask about that a little later. But um but really taking a good, honest look and just admitting, being super vulnerable and going, yeah, uh, I'm not a perfect human. And I don't believe that that exists. And I don't believe we can ever get any higher than just human. Mm-hmm. We can act on a spiritual plane all we would like, but we're still stuck in a human body. You know, so the story of me is how am I as a human being bringing my best self forward? And what part of my humanness is also still standing in my way? Yeah, no, I love this concept. I think this is, you said it better than I was thinking of it when I was 23, but this was the main reason I moved to Thailand was I wanted to understand the story of me. And then I even started a blog called Student of the World Blog that I wrote letters to myself. I wrote 18 letters addressed to me about what I believe about the world and what, what's changed about my beliefs and who I think That's I am great. and who I don't know who I am yet. Um, and doing that process. Where do I see those at? <laughs> Uh, you can go to where do I see those letters? I really would love to see this. This is awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's uh, on my on our website is linked to it. Um, and that website's peopleofpurpose.rocks. Um, but also the it's a WordPress blog, so it's student of the world blog.wordpress.com. Um, okay, I guess good. I can link to it in the show notes. I'm not the guest today, but I can definitely link to it. Um, yeah, yeah, but this is you. 
it's the same thing. This is you doing exactly what I'm doing. And, and I want to, I, people like us that are really into their purpose. I love to learn about all of them yeah. because it's like this, this awesome story again and again and again, you know? Yeah. I think that, I think for me, like the way I was able to dive into this exploration of me versus like de- defining who I currently am was by going to a place where like all the normal things fell away. I was living in a village in Thailand, teaching 400 students who I couldn't even speak the same language with. I was teaching them the basics of English while I'm trying to figure out how to travel and and like write and do yoga and like still like read my Bible. And I was learning meditation and I was like, you know, eating food that was strange. Like everything around me kind of fell away and it allowed me to see, oh, I notice I have this kind of reaction to this or this kind of judgment here, or I feel really um, attracted to this kind of uh, concept of who I could potentially be. I'm going to go try that mm-hmm. out. I'm going to go see what it's like to live on an island and do <laughs> yoga for a week. And then from that, I was like, what if I went to India and did yoga teacher training? I did a month in India. It was like two days notice. Oh my gosh. I went to Nepal and I hiked to Mount Everest for three weeks on two days notice. Uh, I was just like living life the way that like I wanted I just felt drawn to. I was just totally trusting that, like that, that, that pulling of like the law of attraction. I guess you could call it. I didn't have these. That's a professional adventurer. Yeah, that's a professional adventurer right there. Yeah, and then I said, like, well, what would it be like if I didn't have a home for a year and I went like just working (laughs) from my laptop, tutoring Chinese students online, and I got to go to a dozen countries and a dozen different U.S. states, and was just couch surfing for two or three days at a time through friends, family, teachers, schools, things like this. And it was like, this is how I found out the story of me. And now I'm like really grounded in, in those things. And I'm still seeing the way I'm changing and evolving. And it's never ending. Yeah. This morning I did my Joe Dispenza meditation. I, I don't, do you know him at all? He's incredible. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> so like, well, this concept is very like real in his meditations. It's like, get rid of the the stories of the past and and dive into like who you want to become in the future. What does it feel like? What does it look Mm -hmm. like? Um, And then like ground yourself in, in that feeling so that you come into that. You're like changing your brain and you're changing your life. Yeah. Um, I just like really changing the vibration. Yeah. The vibration of what your whole body is putting out in the world and creating the flow back to yourself of the same feelings that you're putting out. Yeah. And it's now my go-to. Like it doesn't make lot it would not have made logical sense to me in if I had probably stayed in the corporate western like US mindset. But like whenever mm-hmm. I'm feeling overwhelmed or I feel like things are going the opposite direction or I'm I'm receiving what they call a contrast. Um I don't try to like fight against it. I don't try to like get bitter about it. I don't try to like just like use willpower to overcome it. I go to the meditation. I come to the okay, I'm just settling back into the positive vibration. <laughs> and then things work itself out. It's like this incredible mm-hmm. way of not ever having to get too worked up about anything anymore. And life takes care of it for you. I know that I'm never going to be too overwhelmed with life because I have these like tools and gifts in me because I really dove into the story of me. Yeah. And everything that is happening is happening for a greater good. Any mm-hmm. type like they say, iron sharpens iron. Any Anything that I come up against that is causing me um, friction is always, hey, is always something that I am going to learn from or it's creating a skill that I will be able to reference later on. Yes, exactly. I mean, my, let's, 
let's be honest, our, our stories of the struggle are always really great in motivation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's like to, to really make the transformation, you have to be grateful for being in the Valley because that's the way to go up. And I remember having this really empowering feeling like shortly after I was hospitalized and like knew I was going to survive when I had fallen down the mountain at Yosemite. It was like, there's nowhere to go but up. This is like the most optimistic thing ever. It's like <laughs> I've hit rock bottom. Like I could have died. I felt like literally. I was dying. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Literally. Um, so it's just like, there's something really empowering in, in that low place as well. It's like, mm-hmm. I got like a trajectory. And ever since I've just been building these life skills that I first needed to just survive, like, the ability to like not have too much anxiety, the ability to like sit up straight and not get all fidgety because my mm-hmm. had broken like some of my vertebrae. Um, they like my concussion would reduce my attention span. I would have like memory issues and so forth. So I would just do these daily things. I'm like playing brain games on my phone. I'm making sure I'm sleeping enough. I'm doing a meditation in the morning. I'm making sure that I'm like learning how the body works by going to yoga class. Um, and like I start to find friends doing these things. I start to eat healthier. I start to like des- design my life to be structured, to bring me into, you know, my fullest capabilities. And now those habits and patterns eight and a half years later are allowing me to like live as a full-time entrepreneur in Thailand and to like confidently get married to my wife and bring it to the U S and like support both of us. And like, it's going to be an incredible journey, like still. Um, so I'm like really grateful for that, those things in the past. Yeah. And listen to yourself when you're talking about how you're succeeding now. This did not include medication, doctors. I mean, I'm sure that some of that was present, but what really you can see helped you was this mindfulness and this Mm -hmm. mind body connection. You know, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I I, I totally agree with that. It's, It's about understanding your own naturality. Like we have so many things in this system that can really help us to, to come forward into mm-hmm. our fullest healing. And I don't think people look inward yeah. enough. Um, I highly recommend looking inward. I'll agree. Me too. <laughs> what are There's some... a magical, magical, magical story inside every single human being. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have this on my question sheet, but what do you recommend people do to like really dive into that story quickly into who they are? Well, in my book, I mean, I I don't want to sit and make this about my book, you know, completely. However, I do show you steps to doing that. We dive real quickly into where am I a victim? Where do, where am I Mm. stuck in the victim mindset straight up to the second V, which is, um, uh, villain. When I become the victim of whatever, where have I become the villain now? Because when we are victimized, we have a choice. We can come out of it and we can learn from it and grow, or we can start to keep ourselves away from anybody else or harm other people. And we become a villain. And if you're trapped in there, Mm. so, so there's questions after each chapter, which ask you to really take a dive into yourself and anyone who reads my book, if you ask anyone who has read it, I mean, it's, it's not for light. It's it's light reading, but it's not for the light of heart because I am going to ask you to really get down to the honest truth about yeah. your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. And then the middle one is is uh, visceral, and I teach you how to become aware of. Um, you listen to your body. Your body is always telling you whether you're in mm-hmm. coherence or not, whether you're in the truth or not. And your body will tell you if there's a lie about you, this world, uh, or if you're 
not bringing love into something, your body will tell you, and you can learn to listen to that. On the other half, other side of that is the fourth B, which is vulnerable and getting really, really vulnerable and being able to admit our, our, our truth, yeah. you know, whether it's beautiful or whether it's not. And being vulnerable, a lot of people think it's weak, not weak. It is the most brave you could possibly be sometimes oh, yeah. because when you're truly vulnerable, you're saying, I'm going to allow you to know me and to completely get in. And you have to just trust that you are choosing the right people or if they are the wrong people that get in. I don't like right and wrong, but if it's someone that gets in that might harm or, or treat you in a certain way, then you have to go back to the victim and the villain. Am I being a victim here? Am I being a villain here? Am I choosing this in my life? And mm -hmm. am I participating or what am I learning from this? And then the very end um, is vested, you know, and that's where we want to get to. What is our vested truth? We don't need to, to be any more or any less than what we really are. I mean, really, it's humility. You know, a lot of people think humility is, oh, I'm so this. And that's not humility. Humility, like what you're doing right now is so humble because it takes true humility for you to show up exactly as you are and be vulnerable enough to put yourself out there and to create something that. You don't know how people are going to take it, but it's just where your passion is. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes strength to step up to the plate in that. So humility is not being any more or any less than who you truly are. And when you can show up like that, you're in a vested place. And that's where you create miracles for yourself and the rest of this world. I love it. One more time. What are the five V's in a list? Yes. Uh, victim, villain, visceral, vulnerable, vested. Wow. That's great. Great marketing too. <laughs> Five Vs. Thank you. It was just easy. I could remember that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good to have these like things we can go back to in our memory because it's so easy to get really, I don't want to go too deep too quickly, but it's so easy to get so lost from these things to where you can't even like see that you're in this jar of like confusion. Um, and mm -hmm. you need these like little like touch points or these like little rules or phrases in your head or mantras yeah. to be able to come and bring mm -hmm. you back out of the of the vortex that you had found yourself in um yep that's really powerful i have people tell me i i was i felt this and i knew there was and it's so funny to hear people use your lingo and talk i was feeling this visceral disturbance and i'm thinking to myself am i being vulnerable invested or am i being a victim and a or a villain and i realized i'm being a victim and a villain and so i had to decide how can I get out of this? Where can I get vulnerable and honest and truthful? And it really does help them just switch over, just make a complete yeah. shift. No, I, yeah, no, I guarantee that that book is very, very helpful to a lot of people. And I hope that people are finding it at the right time too. Cause I remember before I had this big accident and I was just like a 17 year old, like, you know, <laughs> just like this kind of book would not have spoken to me. I'd be like, Oh, that's like too abstract. I don't really, this is for crazy people that can't figure out their life. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> when a book hits you at the right time of your life, um, and hopefully it hits people before they're at the point where their boyfriend's shooting them, themselves in the head, um, yeah. they're going to find a lot of empowerment in that book and in the truth of that book. Um, and it's going to really bring them to a place that um, they, they may never have reached. So you are like becoming a hero um, as well for, for this kind of person. It's incredible. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like my friend uh, Don Jose Ruiz says, you have to be the hero of your own life, you know, 
And so I think anybody who takes the time to read any kind of book and make changes, they're, they're the heroes, you know, Mm -hmm. um, this book is for more than just people who've been through pain too. This is for people who, no matter how you've been victimized, whether it's just by somebody didn't give you love back when you needed it, or whether it's something very, you know, violent, no matter what your level of victimization is, this will help people. And it's really a law of attraction book, which a lot of people who know me know that it is, but people who don't know me, they won't understand. It's a way for you to get rid of the, the, you know, negative and the limiting beliefs about you in this world and what you deserve in a, a pretty simple, easy way. Yeah, that's great. You call yourself a modern day spiritual warrior. Um, how did you come up with, with this terminology and why do you identify as this? If I'm being super honest, it was like when, when we were thinking about like, like it was me and, and a friend and we're thinking about like, what, what are we really like? How do we put all of this into one understanding or one phrase and we kept writing things down and and I was like yeah it's like you know we're gonna go to war with ourselves and and battle with ourselves and and then when we come out we'll be able to help other people and it was like like a spiritual warrior and I was like yes and then I looked it up and I was like oh there there's somebody who already talks about this phrase but I was like but not like that like yes like that but like this is a modern day spiritual warrior dealing dealing with the things that are here right here and now in this day and age. Yeah. So that's how we came up with modern day spiritual warrior. When it happened, we were just like, "That's it. That's I really resonate with that." And it's it's not just me. It's anybody who's willing to dive into their own darkness and come out and help other people to get to their light as well. That's a modern day spiritual warrior. It's not just me. Every person who reads this book. Every person who is going out there doing what you're doing, you are a modern day spiritual warrior using this computer to bring something different to this world to people you've never even met, right? right? You've gone through your darkness and now you're willing to just bring this out. Yeah, you're a modern day spiritual warrior too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I guess I just call this responsibility or something. <laughs> it's the same kind of concept. It's like, to me, I learned a lot about this from a Satguru. You know him at all? Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. He talks about like how we we are so we can't escape responsibility. Like to to rise into the most full, conscious, joyous, like powerful version of ourselves is a is is very noble because we we inherently are going to influence people around us and affect the trajectory of people's lives. And so we are responsible whether mm-hmm. we admit it or not. And so yeah. rising into that responsibility has been like such an important mantra for me, especially as I've taken on like mm-hmm. okay i'm ready to jump into like a partnership for life i'm ready to get married and i'm, I'm ready to like move to your country with without a with, like a full plan <laughs> for a job and to, to say i'm ready to be an, a full-time entrepreneur and now it's like turning back to we're and we're together we're ready to go to the u.s and continue this journey it's like it takes a lot of that that, that warrior mindset is like mm-hmm. I, I don't have it all figured out yet but i'm gonna I'm going to rise into who I need to become because I need to become that. Yeah, because we're always teaching one way or the other. If we shrink and do nothing, we're setting an example to shrink and do nothing. Yeah. And if we rise to the warrior within, (laughs) you know, other people will have the bravery and say, well, if they can do it, maybe I can too. Yeah, I love that. I think that's the, if you distill the essence of why I'm doing this podcast, it's kind of that. It's like, I want to just show like, Frankie, if she can do it, I can too. 
know, Donna, if she can do it, I can too. And everyone's going to find their person that they gravitate towards the most. But I try to like help these guests tell their story and they're already really good at telling their story. I try to like make, (laughs) make it like very relatable. And, and oftentimes I'm hearing from, from listeners that like my story was, didn't even start as low or as bad as like Frankie's did. And I, and I'm still like not doing what I could be doing to get there. It's like, you know, it's a very empowering feeling that, that somebody can come from like a very low point to being like a leader mm-hmm. in this space. Um, and it, it's so like fulfilling as well when you when you make that whole like hero's journey take place. And, and now we're at the stage of the hero's journey where we're um, bringing other people into the mission and we're teaching our, our wisdom that and our knowledge that we went out mm-hmm. there to struggle and find. Um, and we're still out there journeying and struggling and finding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well. I used to think that that God hated me and um, that God like made this mistake when he gave me this story, you know, mm-hmm. and what I learned was God didn't hate me. And, and this was not a mistake. God trusted me so much that he gave me this horrible story, knowing I would do the right thing with it. And that's what you talk about responsibility. I can shrink into nothingness and say, poor me, or I can rise to the occasion mm-hmm. and say, this is important to say. So he gave me this deep, dark place. But if you haven't gone to that deep, dark place, it doesn't matter. Like, good for you. And where can you go now? You know, it's just, yeah. it's beautiful. It's like this concept of like, your mess becomes your message. Like, you're... Yes, yeah. yes. It's like, you didn't like have that. things figured out. <laughs> and now it's like, this is your main... It's, it's, this is a pattern I see in everybody. It's like, what they're teaching and preaching about at the, at the moment in their hero's journey is to the people that they used to be um, that have been faced alcoholism and faced abuse and faced victim mentality and faced meaninglessness and purposelessness or the feeling that God hated them. Now you're speaking to those kind of people um, with a very like specific message on the five B's. It's it's incredible how that, that can take place. I've helped a lot of people with PTSD that have gone, have gone away and found themselves in combat too, Mm -hmm. because they understand a darkness and a, a, thing a a way of living that they feel they can't get out of either and so it's really helped me to to touch a lot of people gang members that Mm -hmm. are trying to heal from their suffering um i'm really grateful for my story like super grateful because they know the second they start talking to me they're like oh yeah you know pain (laughs) you know pain you understand it and they'll tend to open up a little bit more so that's great too yeah i was reading reviews on your facebook page and and i think that one thing I kind of gather that people all feel about you is you have this incredible range of relatability um, with people. It's like Mm -hmm. you can be like this calm, cooling, grounded spirit that's like soft with people. And then you can be this like fire and energy that like calls people out on their own BS and like brings them into, you know, power. That whole range has got to be so powerful. And then they all talk about you have this intuition too to like meet that person at a very personal level and and to open them up to go really deep. Um, that that whole skill set has got to be very very impactful in people's lives. I'm very grateful for that skill set because it does it allows me to. It's hard to even explain it. I'm able to feel and relate to people and know things, connect with them on a level that's a soul and a spirit level yeah. rather than the human level of what we're at. You know. Yeah. It's very powerful. Thank you for listening to part one of this interview with Frankie Dahl Olinger on empowering others to find their vested truth 
and create an authentic life adventure. Be sure to listen to next week's episode as we wrap up our conversation with Frankie, talking about how she helps people get into believing and redeeming themselves, the role leadership and intuition play on how she got into the path she is on, the things required for collective positive change to come to this world, and her plans of launching an online teaching platform wherein anyone can learn and interact.